Hello. Welcome to Cinephilia, the podcast, episode number 51. I'm Michael Ganny. I'm Trevor Masid. So, have you been in the last month? Uh, good. We have both been very, very busy, but it's, yeah. um, it's been good. Uh, we've been good. Just getting ready for the arrival of the baby. Time is flying by. Um, but yeah, good. Busy. Uh, we've had a lot of weddings too. Yeah. So I've been working on editing those. Um, it's been fun, but obviously busy as well. How about you, Michael Gabby? How are you? Mostly busy. Cops are coming for me. Yeah. Um, I'll make this quick. <laughs> yeah, just work mostly. Um, started record collecting since last time we recorded. Mm-hmm. Do you want to guess how many I have? Probably like fucking 87 by this point. Honestly, if I said it as if that was not even close, there's a record sale tomorrow that I'm going to, and I have two on the way. If I don't get anything tomorrow, I'll have 85. Wow. I was <laughs> fucking spot on. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So if I get two tomorrow. I know you so well. Yeah. What's your, um, what's your grail? Like what's, what's yeah, the I keep one? hearing about that on, on Reddit, yeah. my grail. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I necessarily have one. I definitely, I found recently I went looking for um, the Home Alone soundtrack, the mm-hmm. Christmas one, because mm-hmm. uh, I saw it at Walmart and I found out that Barnes & Noble had it even cheaper. So I was like, cool, I'll go to Barnes & Noble, found that, scrolling through what they have and they had like the Batman soundtrack, but they also had Batman Forever okay. there. So I was like, ooh, cool. At Walmart? No, no, this was the uh, Barnes & Noble. Oh, okay. Uh, then they had the Dark Knight. I was like, oh, this would be cool too. But they're kind of expensive. There was like the $60 Matrix like multi-disc set. I was like, that's really cool. But it was like, 60 bucks, So I wasn't ready to spend that. And then I saw they had um, the Rumors album that I just bought for slightly cheaper than I paid for it. Fleetwood Mac? <laughs> yeah, Fleetwood Mac. The 45 RPM um, pressing by Palace. Uh, I guess that one's the best one. It sounds amazing. And then I also saw that they had uh, A Night at the Opera by Queen. Nice. And I was like, I don't know. Is the new one better? Because sometimes they, you know, they they fuck it up. One video I watched where they're talking about uh, Thriller 25. Mm -hmm. The guy was like, I cannot wait to talk about this so I can get rid of it. Because this is the worst record ever. Yeah. I mean, not even just as like an like a record but as an album it's like the worst thing i remember hearing it and i was just appalled i was like why the fuck is pitbull like why is he (laughs) on a song you know what i mean like yeah and the sound of it the whole the actual album itself too like the compression is horrible it's just a bad example yeah yeah Um, and not bad like michael jackson bad it's like bad as in bad yeah terrible shit but i did a little research and it was like the half speed master which is a whole other conversation um but no apparently that's like a really good version so i bought that so nice. i just need pet sounds and so many others yeah i think my well the grill that i have um was an original pressing of the sigur ross or the correct pronunciation sigur rose of uh, <laughs> the parentheses album i have like an original pressing of that and then that smile you can see it from here the smile mm-hmm. box set of the beach boys it's like Tressa got it for me for a birthday a couple years ago and it's um it's got like 
I want to say like three or four like LPs and then it's got like mm-hmm. a couple 45s and then it has like like CDs and it's like a, it's this amazing box set of Smile. Um, it's on my want list. Yeah, it's really awesome. Um, there's other stuff that I want on there, but uh, like as far as the grills go, but I'm not a huge collector. Like we have quite a collection between mm-hmm. Tress and I, but it's, I don't know, it's nothing crazy. It's just like albums that I really love. Um, yeah. I am very, very happy that I do have the extended version of I Would Die For You by Prince. Mm-hmm. I just happened to come across it. There's like the 13 minute version, uh, which I think is like one of his best songs of all time. Um, so I have a, like a, what do they call it? Um, maxi, single. it's like maxi single or something like, like 12 that. inch. 45. Yeah, it's a 12 inch, uh, 12 inch single with two sides, and then the B side has Erotic City, which is uh-huh. another one of my favorite songs. Which I found for five bucks the uh, single, the 12 inch single of uh, When Doves Cry. Yeah. So, yeah. I forget what's on the back of that. It's whatever the second track is on the third CD of like that ultimate uh, Purple Rain album. Hmm. I can look it up. Well, thanks for listening to yeah, our no. <laughs> vinyl. Uh, we want to make an announcement. We're switching over to uh, talking about vinyl talking to about vinyl. bore the shit out of you guys even more. Um, yeah. So we've talked about ourselves. And Let's talk about each other. <laughs> it's uh, 17 days. It's on the beach. Oh, yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, movies. Yeah, let's so. talk about them. I don't think I have anything about previous episodes. I will say, um, Tress and I were in Hawaii when you so um, graciously bestowed the episode. I laughed a lot at that episode. Yeah. Like, I really fucking enjoyed that episode. If you didn't like it, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> that's that's prime uh, cinephilia right there. Even Tyler was, I don't know if he was, I think he was less talkative if that's even possible <laughs> i think the dynamic of having three people in here versus just the two of us is more lively i wouldn't say necessarily better but it with three people with three people yeah, it has yeah. like a more of a because there's a thing in editing where if you're editing between two different shots it's just boring because it's like taking like a you know some kind of disc or something and flop it flipping it back and forth mm-hmm. and it's very boring so you're just going left right left right left right but if you have a third person, you have a, a dynamic where you can keep going like between the three and adding some spontaneity, a little bit more of a flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of like that. Yeah. So even if the other person is not really flowing, just... <laughs> if you're just busting his balls the entire time, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, maybe I had something to say about that movie, but I don't recall. Blue Valentine. Yeah, it's a great movie. So yeah. again. If you haven't watched the movie and you happen to be listening to this episode for some odd reason, you should uh, watch it. Mm-hmm. Watch the movie and then listen to the podcast episode. You might enjoy it. I believe it's on Max. Yes, that's what you said. But we're not talking about that movie. We're not. <laughs> we're talking about Mad God from Phil Tippett, which came out officially in 2021. Speaking of 2021, I don't have a whole lot about it, but I do have a few notable events i'm sure you might remember from two years ago <laughs> uh, i might have blocked it out of my head january 6 2001 enough said that uh, was when the, the 
I was going to make a terrible joke. Okay, we can move on. I was going to say the Republican Party is a terrible joke. Oh, that's true. Yeah, just watching what's going on in uh, Congress or the House of Representatives and all that nonsense. Okay. House of Representatives, that's right. Anyways, uh, for the first time, speaking of political stuff, for the first time, a uh, president is impeached a second time. And we have a first woman vice president, also a first person of color vice president. Mm-hmm. And Juneteenth becomes a national holiday. Uh, I don't really have what much. a fucking year. Yeah, I don't really have much else to say about that year. And when it's more recent stuff, it's not like, oh my gosh, I can't believe a a gallon of gas cost that much. It's like yeah, seven dollars. I, I was here just the other day when it cost that. Uh, we're talking about Mad God, which has a six point eight on IMDb, not a great score. It has a ninety one on Rotten Tomatoes and a sixty eight on audience score. So interesting. IMDb and the audience of Rotten Tomatoes agreed. There wasn't much of a box office for this because it was released online, but I guess it did make a little bit of money. Do you want to guess how much it made in the United States? Unless you already know. You can just say it. No, uh, I'm going to guess like $35,000. Uh, more than that. 322000 Oh, that's good. Because yeah. I know that it had a very small... Um, release window but it was playing in like multiple cities and i remember mm-hmm. seeing it i was like oh like i really want to see it i never got a chance to i think it was playing at the um the fairfax silent theater oh yeah yeah but i never got a chance to see it uh, this movie was written and directed by phil Tippett. if you don't know who that is he started with the original star wars he did uh what's called go motion or claymation or stop motion uh he did the chess scene with all the little creatures that are obviously hand animated it's like a holographic yeah. um chessboard yeah he continued with the rest of the trilogy and he also as well as some of the as well as some of the other well i wrote that weird as well as some other classics of the 80s and 90s including piranha dragon slayer uh the three robocop movies temple of doom howard the duck the golden child the eddie murphy movie dragon heart and starship troopers Troopers. Troopers. In 1984, he uh, left Industrial Light and Magic, the uh, special effects house that did the Star Wars movies and many other after that, uh, to start Tippett Studios. He was hired to do the dinosaurs for Jurassic Park. In the 80s, he already did stop, or sorry, go motion dinosaurs for a documentary. But after Dennis Murin, one of the founders of Industrial Light and Magic, and his uh, team showed Spielberg CGI test footage of a T-Rex. Spielberg went with computer graphics over Go Motion. However, they created this puppet, which it was kind of like a Go Motion puppet. And so you would just move it to the different keyframes. Uh, these keyframes were oh, in animation. For hand-drawn animation, you'll have the animator do specific frames of animation and you have somebody else go in between the in-betweener and do the individual frames to make it smoother in um cgi they'll actually set it and the computer will do the rest not not completely the rest but for the most part so they're called keyframes so he would do that with a pretty much what a go motion puppet and it would send that information into the computer and record it so he kind of did the the dinosaurs 
in go motion but it was more cgi so that's why that's how he was used and he got the credit of dinosaur supervisor he was supervising the dinosaurs which became a meme which ironically like still to this day the the effects whether they're stop motion go motion whatever the fuck cgi like for jurassic park it it still looks great like still to this day it looks amazing and that movie came out how long ago 30 years ago this year there you go if gaddy don't know nobody knows (laughs) or the unless the people who made it yeah they probably know yeah uh yeah so i saw that recently in theaters and it still looks great yeah 3d I know when I watched the 4K version, I started to, I got to that scene where they first see the brontosaurus and they're like, and their mind's blown. The, the famous, like, take the sunglasses yeah. off shot. <laughs> you see the matte lines around um, Sam Neill. Not Sam Neill, right? Yeah. Sam Neill, okay. Yeah. Uh, you see, like, weird matte lines around him. Interesting. In that, but I didn't see it in the 3D version, so. Who knows in 1990 while working on robocop 2 Tippett began production on his film mad god but after go motion was replaced for cgi in jurassic park he assumed that the, that type of animation was on its way out so he shelved it 20 years later however with encouragement from members of the studio Tippett started production again with the help from kickstarter which was brand new at the time mm-hmm. like we mentioned in our last episode uh, it took another decade to finish and it premiered at the Lasario or Lasarno or Lacarno, who knows? Film studio, film festival, and it was then acquired by Shutter, which is a horror streaming service. Which it says Shutter on my Blu-ray, and they're coming to. Now they're coming, <laughs> flying in. Navy Seals are coming in now. Uh, so yeah, so let's talk about the actual movie itself um in all transparency we were going to record this weeks ago and i saw the movie and you forgot a lot i don't remember a whole lot about it anymore perfect so So, i don't know how much you remember how long ago you actually watched this probably definitely after you but um yeah there's not a (laughs) So this you'll, should be you'll, fun. You'll mention stuff and all. Yeah, sure. I remember that. Cool. And it's kind of an indicator as to how I feel about this movie in general. Let's just skip to <laughs> how we feel about the movie and we'll have our shortest episode ever. Uh, it starts off with the Tower of Babel or what I assume was the Tower of Babel. And we get some scrolling text. Um, with um, really charming Bible quotes on there. Yeah. From Leviticus 26, 27 through 34. Three. Essentially how a vengeful God is going to... Are you going to find the Bible quote? I see. I took screenshots of this too, however many weeks ago. That sh- that'll, that'll show exactly how long ago this was. Let me see if I still have it. Or if I actually did take a screenshot of it. Yeah, I did. Uh, this is October 30th when I watched this. It is now November 18th. Uh, after, and after all this, if you do not obey me, but walk contrary to me. Then I also will walk contrary to you in fury. And I, even I, will chastise you seven times for your sins. You shall eat the flesh of your sons, and you shall eat the flesh of your daughters. I will destroy your high places, cut down your incense altars, and cast your carcasses on the lifeless form of your your idols. And my soul shall 
abhor you. I will lay your cities waste and bring your sanctuaries to desolation, and I will not smell the fragrance of your sweet aromas. I will bring the land of desolation, and your enemies who dwell in it shall be astonished at it. I will scatter you among the nations and draw you out a sword after you. Your land shall be desolate and your cities waste. What does that have to do with this movie? I don't remember. <laughs> it's all about vengeful God and yeah. people getting fucked up. It's during the uh, Torah part of the Bible. The part that uh, the Jewish people believe or carry around more than the rest of the Bible. That's uh, where all the laws of the land or the laws of God were established for the Jewish religion. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, we get some kind of monolithic fortress and the score is an acoustic guitar. We see a man in a gas mask in a world. It, it's a, In the Bible sense, there's this idea of being in the world, but not of the world. So like you're amongst everybody else but you're not letting the worldly things negatively affect you you're not partaking in sinful things and uh what gambling a... women <laughs> premarital relations cigarettes i like how you put an entire gender as a sin <laughs> like what? being with women I, I know what you mean but you know did i say women you just said women you didn't say oh, like <laughs> well i'm speaking from um a, a male perspective yeah i guess it's uh yeah i don't want to get too much into religious stuff but did you go over the fact that if someone hasn't seen this movie this movie is 98 percent done in stop motion yeah if i i assumed that was obvious considering i kept talking about phil tippett and uh his yeah but you didn't say you said go motion and stuff stop like motion that. and claymation um, stop motion is essentially uh you take it's almost like a flip book. Um, each... Well, that's how animation works as a flip book. Yeah. Okay. Well, stop motion is with like a figurine, like a toy or something. And mm-hmm. you literally move the toy one, like frame at a time, one frame, but like one milli inch. Like for, if someone was running, you have like, you know, you have to move his arms a certain ways to make it look like when you take a photo, like 24 photos, it looks like, and you play them, you know, 24 mm-hmm. frames in a second. It looks like it gives you um, uh, the effect that they are running. It looks like motion, but it's the word animation means to invoke life. <laughs> Thank you, Walt. Uh, animation is usually 20 frames per second uh, to correct you. If you want to get, no, just, but one, <laughs> I know. One, like one film is projected is projected at 24 frames. Yeah, a usually. Second. Uh, and yeah, it depends on how much the person need or the character needs to move, how fast they need to move will depend on how you move a limb or even sometimes just hair. Um, this go motion or stop motion, whatever you want to call it, those people that can do it really well, is it, it's mind blowing. Like hand drawn animation still is insanely good. CGI is insanely uh, good. Like the people who do it, the animators, but this is like a whole other level of like mastery. Yeah. It's, it's really incredible to see how it's done and just the level of detail and like thought that you have to put into, like, I still don't understand how they know, like 
if this person is giving a Jackie Chan karate kick, <laughs> cross like, kick. yeah, <laughs> that's a Bruce, Bruce Lee cross kick. Like, how do they know, like, exactly how the kick will, like, how the body will move to make it look like natural? Like, you know what I mean? Like each frame. That's well, experience and education. But also they have something called a lunchbox, which allows them to, well, nowadays, at least, this is what they use for robot chicken. So if you don't know what exactly what we're talking about still, just watch Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, mm-hmm. other Henry Selleck movies. Kubo? Uh, Kubo? Right? Kubo and the yeah, Chicken something like that. Something like chicken that. Run, uh, Wallace and Gromit. Um, but Robot Chicken is another thing that uses this. But they use what's called a lunchbox, where they're able to... They'll move something, take a picture, move something, take a picture, and then on their monitors they can go, okay, what do we have so far, and play it back, like right there. The digital age has added a lot to that because I don't think they were able to do that, you know, when they're doing Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe I should watch the behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, back to the film. Just so you guys know, this uh, movie is filmed entirely in stop motion. Or go motion. Or go motion. There's a difference. Don't no, I don't know if there's a difference, but I think that's just more of a positive spin on on it. Um, yeah, I'm reading through these notes, going, I really don't remember what's going on. He is descending into the depths of this world, the strange, dirty, oozing world. That's a great way to describe it. Oozing. Everything is like shiny with like a gloss of like goo, some sort of gross funk mm-hmm. just to say that apparently there were a lot of different symbols of idols which is prominent in those parts of the bible especially exodus where the ten commandments you know they build the golden calf all that you know just just go read the bible yeah um I was going to make a joke about you bursting into flames with me reading a Bible verse here. <laughs> yeah. Like, it didn't happen. That's, that's, that's happened cool. before. It's fine. It's like, oh, I'm on fire again. <laughs> uh, we also see tiny gnomes get stepped on. Yes. And they seem very sad about it. Yeah. I mean, you would too, I guess. I guess. And then I said, is all this movie stop motion? Which made me, makes me think that I saw something that wasn't stop motion that looked like maybe it was like a person in a costume or like i wasn't sure if it was live action or not there's a couple of shots in here i was like jesus christ either that's the best stop motion i've ever seen mm-hmm. more the most realistic or that's like live action like that's actually someone there and there's a house of sin i don't remember what that is if i should have rewatched this movie right before uh, editing he's or... um he's he pulls out some binoculars and he's looking and it's like a big hotel oh, yeah. and he's looking in through these windows and he sees i mean you don't see much but there's someone silhouettes. Get, yeah silhouettes uh like someone's getting stabbed and someone's mm-hmm. having sex with someone it's um, sodom yes sure very good where the term sodomy comes from hmm. there's your fun fact for the day <laughs> Uh, and then we see a teeth monster with boobs, apparently, and a masturbating doll. Yes. Yeah. Lots of sinful things. I'm, it makes me wonder, uh, maybe I could have like looked more into this, but what is Phil Tippett's religious background? Is he trying to say something pro-religion? Is he trying to say something anti-religion? Is it like... He might be just in the middle, but... um. 
like I was saying, uh, he had that really good podcast interview with Mark mm-hmm. Maron on the What the Fuck, and he talks about Should've it. Should have watched the listener. Yeah. Um, maybe you can find, like, a little clip of him, like, talking about it, because, like, I don't remember exactly what he said, but he talked, I mean, it was, like, a two-hour conversation. Yeah. But he talks extensively about this um, about this project that he did. So, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of the masturbating baby. Um, doll. <laughs> doll. Um, very creepy. Makes a lot of creepy noises. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I have it mentioned somewhere here, but there are certain moments that remind me of Racerhead. I don't mean that in a good way. <laughs> that movie is, so that's probably know. one of the most overrated movies of all time is, is Racerhead. Yeah. Cause it's just, it's, it's David Lynchian nonsense. And I'm sure there's a point to it, but people are like, Oh my gosh, he's a God. This movie fight me. Uh, there's a giant electric chair and it's turning them into goo guessing whoever was sitting on the electric chair. Sure. She doesn't like that. She doesn't. And, uh, he keeps, uh, defending and it keeps getting weirder. I need to be more specific with my notes. I assumed that I was just going to be doing this the next day. So. Yeah. What does that mean? He keeps defending and it keeps getting weirder. I apologize. And I'm going to stop apologizing, but I apologize that this isn't the most coherent of podcasts. I was hoping that episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. The episode specifically, I'm sure we have less coherent podcast episodes, but uh, there's a machine getting lint people creating lint people. Just to have them burn in a pit. They f- just fall into a pit and they make like a little... That seems like that's a, a point being made right there of like, why would you make people in order to just have them Die. burn in hell? Yeah. Which I agree. Despite my uh, religious background. Backgrounds. And there's a disgusting shitting animal. Again, more oozing. Mm-hmm. More clay poop. And uh, we hear baby talk on a speaker and everybody's reacting to it, right? It's very creepy, yep. It's like their leader and it's baby, which... It's like baby gibberish, yeah. How timely is that? Yeah. Uh, and there's a tower of TVs with a weird mouth. I think that's the the baby leader thing. Mm-hmm. They're show- yeah, it's, it's very um, Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see, uh, we hear a lot of uh, sounds that are obviously straight from Star Wars. So I looked it up. I think I looked it up, but Ben Burt had nothing to do with this movie. So I'm wondering if they just went, yeah, you can have some of those sounds that yeah, are in the library. And there's more descending and a time bomb. And it gets attacked. And it's a faulty t- timer. <laughs> the look on your face when I look back from my notes. I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> this is great. You saw it too. So. I did see it, yes. I, I, I know what you're talking about. I, I, I think I know what you're talking about. Well, if you about. know what I'm talking about, if you can elaborate, that'd be oh, great. No problem, no problem. You got it. I'm going to put in this pause so people can <laughs> bear witness. How, yeah, how awkward it is. <laughs> it's not awkward. It's just, um, yeah. She was there. What do you want me to say? <laughs> this is why we need a third person. I know. <laughs> Have your dog. Yeah. She didn't watch it with me. Mm. Nobody watched this with me. Probably for the best. Yeah. 
Uh, he gets there's a faulty timer. I don't remember what that is, but the audience watches the operator. So I'm assuming he's like on the operating table. Table. He Hebrew. gets he gets um yeah he, he gets knocked out. Uh, I think he gets like uh, tased. Uh And then he gets carried, and then they cut to like this weird. It's like um they're watching through a uh like on the like a movie screen they're in a theater mm-hmm. kind of like a makeshift theater but they're just watching like a silhouette of what's happening so yeah. they carry this guy and the quote-unquote guy is the guy from the front cover he's like the guy wearing the gas mask mm-hmm. so they take him and they basically perform like a surgery on him in front of the audience and the audience they strip him of his clothes and they perform like they start to perform like a surgery on him and the audience like cheers and applauds because they're living in sin Exactly. Heathens. They're a bunch of heathens. I'm trying to see if I can figure out what the name of the assassin. That's his name, the assassin. The character. He name. doesn't uh, do a great job. He doesn't fucking assassinate anybody. No. I had high hopes for him. Maybe that's the idea is like he's supposed to be coming down, converting people, and he fails miserably. He does. It was all for naught. It was in vain. Oh, uh, we have a prison cell. Yeah, see, I even wrote down that they strip him. Uh, I did write down that that was a cool use of shadows in the operating scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like they said, you said they strip him. We see his face, and it's all weird and like m- missing his skin, if I remember correct- correctly. Uh, I think he's in a prison cell. So then it says weird operating room. So now there's a bunch of tubes, weird clock, real people as the doctors, but their stop motion see even when i'm writing it doesn't make any sense the people that come in it's like a, a nurse and a doctor um i think oh, the right. doctor is stop motion but i think the nurse is live action which is like it's very it's trippy to, yeah. say, to say the least um but yeah and then i'm like what's gonna happen like how is this guy gonna get out of it how is the assassin gonna survive and he he doesn't he no. gets fucking like this is what 20 minutes into it yeah about and he gets completely eviscerated. Like they open him up, they take out everything, jewelry, and yeah, coins and stuff like that. Apparently, dentures. This, this guy likes to either he has um eating disorder where he eats anything gold, or I don't know, he was just like uh, hoarding. It's like you want to watch this movie and try to uh, early on in this movie. I was going through and going, oh, I think I get that what he's trying to say there. I think I get what he's trying to say there, and then it gets to a point where it's just like. I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> and I, I'll i say that I don't think this is a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination, but just I, not a I, very... I'll let you fill in the blank there. I I guess I'll say this now. I don't. There's no stop motion or go motion movie that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Like all of them are just kind of like, yeah, they're good. I think... Even, even the Nightmare Before Christmas? Nightmare Before Christmas. Here's my quick review of Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. 20 minutes of story stretched across 90 minutes of movie. Great visuals, great music. That's about it. So every single time I've tried to watch Nightmare Before Christmas, I have fallen asleep. I kind of feel the same way. I, I can recall the first 20 minutes very, very mm-hmm. you know vividly. And then after that, I have no fucking idea. Because I probably... I know that Tress and I have gone to see it at the El Capitan. Like, yeah, same. Um, Fell asleep there. Really? Yeah. I just, I don't recall 
I've probably seen it, seen it in its entirety like maybe like twice. Yeah. Ever. Now I have the soundtrack on vinyl, but it's a Zoetrope vinyl, so that was one of the reasons I bought it. It's really cool. what? Uh, so you have to. When the Zoetrope it displays, is. I know what a Zoetrope is. Well, I'm, I'm okay. explaining you can, the audience. You can explain to our friends. Uh, Zoetrope usually has um, something. It's a it's a disc that spins, or sometimes it's like a whole display that spins, and a light will flash at a certain frames per second to make the statues or the images the illusion of movement. The illusion of movement to invoke life. Um, Animation. Yeah. So with these, there are two LPs. Each side has a different Zoetrope, and you have to use a special app to have the certain um shutter speed to capture it and i you know i'll show you right now it's not like we're not gonna be done with what we're talking about soon okay <laughs> oh that's really cool yeah um most famously um disneyland used to have one right? mm-hmm. of what was it toy story toy story yeah and then it Do went to it? no because it went to the motion picture um science or the, the Oscar Museum. Yes. Okay. And apparently it left right before I went. So. Yeah, because I think I remember seeing it there. Yeah. Now it's Anna and Elsa. Oh. Uh, yeah, so, okay. Fine. If you if you like to see princesses and spend over an hour in line when you go to Disneyland. I mean, your daughters probably do, not you. But that's fine. You're allowed to do that. Sure. It's not what I would do, but I also don't have kids, so is that going to be you in like five years? <laughs> Apparently, yeah, that might be. That might be. See, that's the thing is like you don't show them certain movies that you don't want them to just no I get into no, those characters. I have, I have no reason to, unless it's something that I really fucking hate, like um, I don't know, SpongeBob or something. Right, just something that fucking annoys me. The SpongeBob is is way in the past now i wouldn't show kids like if i had a kid right now i wouldn't show them spongebob when they're of age because yeah no i have nothing against frozen i've never seen frozen but i know that obviously children love it and um which is crazy because like children still love it and that movie came out 10 years ago mm -hmm. so they're still fucking singing the song yeah that song um that was a question i had in my mind that i wanted to ask on the podcast so when does your kid get to watch uh, certain movies? <laughs> Not necessarily Taxi Driver. Yeah. But how are you going to be as a parent when it comes to PG-13 movies? It's, uh, it's a very good it's a very good question. And R-rated movies. And I feel like I have been asked that before. I'm I'm speaking for myself. I don't know how Tressa feels about mm-hmm. this. Um, but I feel like with me like obviously i was exposed to shit that i shouldn't have seen but not from any fault of my dad's other than having it it was more your brother's fault actually yeah for taxi driver at the very least (laughs) other stuff then for sure like i went to go see rated r movies i remember specifically seeing with my dad um i if i feel like they're mature enough and they can handle it then i'll show you know i won't show them fucking saving private ryan when Mm. they're six years old or something but if it's something i feel that they can handle and their maturity and their you know depending on how intense it is um yeah i like i would have no problem showing like a rated r movie there's limits and there's levels to it so it's hard to say like on a you have to take it like case by case but like it's not something where i'm like 
she is not 13. She will not be watching oh, a sure, PG-13 yeah. movie. Even my parents weren't like, well, you have to be 13 before watching PG-13. But, if but they would watch but, it any, first. Any buttocks in there. You can't, yeah, you can't no be, butts. No be, you know, be watching them, man. No nuts, no butts, no coconuts. That's right, man. I said nuts twice. No coconuts either. Oh. Uh, um, yeah, so, I mean, we'll have to wait and see how that goes. But um, It's just funny to think about because, uh, again, I don't have kids. But when I was a kid, (laughs) oh, just the idea of like when I was a kid thinking like, oh, why can't I do this and that? And like, I could handle this. But now being 40, well, nearly 40, uh, if I were to have a kid, I'd be like, no, you can't watch that. Like being more protective than Mm -hmm. even my parents. And it's possible that I, I may be like that, but I don't think so because like i don't know like a lot of things that i would do like obviously i didn't have the most um sunshine and rainbows like Mm -hmm. upbringing but you also didn't grow up in a neighborhood you grew up in hollywood yeah (laughs) so i guess that's not really a neighborhood i don't like Um, the suburban area you you grew up in the crackheads and the (laughs) prostitutes were very very nice to me growing up i learned Um, things in the streets i learned (laughs) i learned a lot from them um, school of hard knocks yeah more like school of heart never mind <laughs> um anyways uh, i don't but i like i i'm thinking about like how i feel about certain things now and like i don't think it will be um it's not something where i'll be like oh my god like i cannot show them this you know what i mean like yeah it's it's a, it's a case, case by case basis. It's a case by case basis. You were literally about to say that, and I interrupted you to say. Well, it. I already said it. I said it earlier. Oh, okay. But I'm, you know, I'm excited. Like, regardless of PG thirteen or rated R, like I'm excited to expose them to shit that I was exposed to, like, uh, I don't know, Charlie Chaplin, yeah, the Marx Brothers, oh, yeah. whatever, like that kind of stuff. Like, I'm very excited, and I hope that she has even the slightest interest in movies. Yeah, Tressa, would... Tressa does not. So I hope that she, would suck. she shares my my interest in it. So I mentioned that something similar to like Joe, like, oh, my kids are going to be an Angels fan or whatever. And he's like, well, you can't force a team on your kid. And I'm like, damn That's right, I fucking will. will. <laughs> it's not going to betray me. Go to a different sports. Anyways, um, this is going to be our most personal episode ever. And we've talked about the movie for about four minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, there's a baby monster of some sort. Uh, and then there's... So just to, just to reiterate, um, the person that they kind of centered the the previews and the cover of this movie, mm-hmm. that character is dead, never to yeah. return. And he gets, like I said, eviscerated. Like he gets pulled from the inside. This out. was originally released in smaller parts back in like 2010, 2011-ish. So, like, they were shorts, but that those first three shorts were, like, the first 30 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. So, so now we're past that part. We're into uncharted territory. Uh, where there's war? Mining facility? Question mark? Question mark? Uh, it's a new setting, so I was just like, what is this setting? They're screaming, and there's live action. And we're introduced to the last man. I use that in quotes. Uh, who has really long fingers and I'm guessing fingernails and toenails. Mm-hmm. He's played by Alex Cox. Do you know who that is? The name sounds familiar, but I saw his face. He's a director and he directed, he's actually in the, uh, one of the audio commentaries for once upon a time in the West. Oh. And, uh, but he's, he directed uh, repo man. Okay. 
with Emilio Estevez, and he directed um, Sid and Nancy. Okay. So those kind of punk movies from the 80s were, were him. Or some of them, at least. Uh, we see three hags, one eye, and they're sewing, which reminds me of like the thread of fate. If you've ever seen the Disney Hercules movie, there are the three women with like the, they share one eye. No. no. Yeah, it's gonna be weird to you showing your kid kids movies. <laughs> I love Coco Melon. Some of them, I, I love. Um, I love some kids movies. Like, yeah. I, I don't know some Disney movies. I love too. Um, I can't think of any, but <laughs> <laughs> and you're like Michael Eisner. It's like, oh yeah, I grew up with Pinocchio. It's like you read his history and to find out that he didn't watch any Disney movies growing up. He just went, to, the, went to Broadway. One of the ones that I remember is the. Um, the Robin Hood with the with the foxes. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, me I, too. I mean, I haven't seen it. In it was on KTLA all the time. I really so I used to watch it a lot. Um, what else? Uh, other Disney movies that I love. So he used to prove his Disney worth. Yeah, you go to Disneyland all the time, so yeah, you obviously care somewhat about Disney. Well, and not necessarily Disney. I just funny like kids movies are mentioning, and you're I just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's it's more Tressa. Tressa loves Disneyland. I go. Um, <laughs> you endure I, I i go to support yes yeah. here's the thing <laughs> look <laughs> how long is if, this episode i know it's 45 minutes we've only uh, been recording for 45 uh i mean we're already we're already done with the movie um yeah we're about the halfway point oh fuck me i thought when i thought when the the last man i thought that was the very end of the movie yeah i don't know it's confusing I continue think, with what I you're saying please anyways um if because Tristan and I have passes. If we didn't go as often, we go like at least once a month. I would mm-hmm. say, if we went or I went like once every three years, I would love it. It would be more oh, yeah. special, I guess. Um, but we go so much that it's just like I don't know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean much to me. I used to go. It's not that I hate it. It just doesn't have the same like emotional effect that it did. Which is why I go fewer occasions yeah. now because yeah. it does make it a little more special especially like now i mean I'm going... it's the good old days like one time we went with my dad and we were driving and the um she's really pacing around huh yeah. um we were driving and the sign said um like on the freeway and it said disneyland disneyland left and then we went home I thought this was going to be a sweet moment. And as soon as he said the sign, I was like, I know it's coming. You knew it was coming? Shit. It's the end of vacation. What? National Lampoon's vacation. Oh, is it? Yeah. That was, it was based on a uh, um, John Hughes article he wrote or story he wrote for National Lampoon magazine where at the end they, they go to Disneyland and they end up there on a Monday or a Tuesday because Disneyland used to be closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. Oh. And Knott's Bray Farm was closed on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Could you imagine that? If Disneyland was closed on Mondays and Tuesdays? Right. Fucking hell. Uh, so then they show up and it's closed. And that's what happens at the end of National Lampoon's oh, yeah. Vacation. I remember that. I thought that it had something to do with the the sign. Disneyland left. On, yeah. On the so, okay. I thought you were say you got there and said it was closed. Or no. Something. No. Yeah. Anyways, back to the final man uh, it's, I wrote down it's getting very difficult to understand the geography of this world yeah because I feel like we're now have like a flashback and we see the origin of the the assassin and he starts his descent in this scene 
Uh, I don't know if we're getting there yet, but the world is in ruins. And I put War of the Worlds. I don't remember why. Uh, there's lots of sinning, as we've already established. Uh, someone hot wires a car, and they drive through the war zone. And we see the nurse doctor give... Gives, oh, yeah, they give a baby to the, one of those plague doctors with, like, that bird mask thing. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty metal-looking outfit. And uh, there's more descending. There's lots of descending going on in this movie. Like, oh, Just shit ton. Further and further. Uh, we have two big monsters fight with shovels, then get electrocuted. Yes. I vaguely remember this scene. I do, too, because one of them is uh, a female and one of them is very obviously a male. Mm-hmm. I didn't a, notice. He has a pee-pee. I probably was like starting to fall asleep in this oh, moment. Oh, yeah, okay. It's, uh... You'll probably be able to hear that, right, on the recording. Train's coming. It's colorful and psychedelic. And they're looking through a telescope. Somebody's looking through a telescope and seeing uh, old movies and nukes. And then the plague doctor shows up. The creature, baby... It makes me think of a ricer head. Yep. See, I knew I wrote it down somewhere. The baby is killed for its goo. The goo. More oozing. Uh, the plague doctor is paid in glitter. And then there are explosions. And then we get a 2001 slash tree of life type visual complete with a baby and a monolith. And there's a new world. But there's anarchy. And it's already blown up. And there's time lapse. And then the movie ends. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and that is Mad God. Um, would you recommend this movie? No. Yeah. If you, um, if you were a student that was studying um, any kind of uh, claymation, stop motion. Any animation. Yeah. Any kind of animation. Yes, absolutely. But um, otherwise, no. Yeah, and I've already kind of mentioned it before, but it's just like all the other, like Nightmare Before Christmas or Coraline is a little more, Jesus, I watched that again this year. Coraline has a better all-around story and pacing and all that than uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. It's a little easier to uh, stay invested, but like with all those movies, it's very visual, very unique but there's no story it's like it, I never can get it to myself invested in any of these stop motion animation movies and I wonder what that is probably because I feel like they don't really ever have a story because mm-hmm. they're too busy trying to Impressive animate visuals yeah yeah um, that's really all I have to say about the movie itself as far as my review goes uh, what would you you a little something something what do you say uh so i was extremely excited to finally watch this as i heard a lot about it and i'm a huge fan of tippet's genius work like let's just put that out yeah. there like he's he's a genius um the artistic direction the animation the world building the aesthetics of ed- everything in this is stunning to say the very least um there's several shots in this that don't, don't even look like stop motion animation it's truly truly stunning Unfortunately, that's about all I can say about the film in a positive light. The movie, and I'm using that term in a very... um, Loose sense. Loose sense of the word. Um, There's no narrative. There's no thread that connects everything. It's kind of just like random vignettes. 
Um, it doesn't really have a coherent nar- narrative. Essentially, it's just a series of vignettes showing random, bizarre shit happening. I didn't feel connected or really, really even pulled into the story, or lack thereof, at all after the first 10 minutes of the story. I lost interest in what was going on after about 35 minutes. Even though I could have just taken this for what it was and enjoyed the sights and sounds, it wasn't enough for me to truly enjoy it or for me to have any desire to ever watch this again. That's the worst part is like, if it were like, oh, that was really cool, but yeah, I'll never watch it again. This is like, yeah, no, I'm never watching this again. Yeah, there's really no reason to. And you purchased it. Mm-hmm. And it was probably at least $30. No, it was like 20 Okay. If that. But you could have bought an, at least two more vinyls with that 20 that <laughs> This was a while ago that I bought this. And I've been holding on to it for October, which is come and gone. My <laughs> overall score for this was a four. My overall score is like a 5.5. Okay. Um, and this kind of sums it all up. The cover of Jesus, the cover has a quote by Guillermo del Toro that says, this shit sucks. Phil Tippett is a master. That's it. That's it. A master of what? Exactly. The back, it says, uh, from animating animation pioneer, Phil Tippett, Academy Award winner, Jurassic Park says, Best visual effects. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Why that one specifically? Comes a nightmare 30 years in the making. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Because I'm looking at it going, I don't know if I can sell this anymore. Because I used to be able to go to like FYE and go, here's a bunch of movies I don't want anymore. Give me money, please. And they're like, here's 13 cents. Pretty much. No, I'd get like maybe a dollar per which isn't a lot, but it's better than having to take up space yeah. when you're desperate. Um, and trivia? You remember that? Yeah. Okay, there's only a couple things, like literally three. I'm, su- I'm surprised you had any trivia because I was pretty much saying all the stuff, or at least I thought I was. Um, according to Phil Tippett, lots of work on the film was done on Saturdays by students who wanted to get some filmmaking experience. The scene with the mountain of dead soldiers was done by melting thousands of little army men together on wire, as it took six people three years to complete the scene. Wow. Six people three years to complete one scene in this. That probably accounts for maybe like maybe a minute, minute and a half of footage. Crazy. I, I think that makes me think that maybe Phil was just kind of being a little extravagant with it like oh it has to like this is my opus it has to be this that and it's like he seems and that's the thing is like he seems so down to earth yeah and, like humble like during the interview he's not like this was something so important to me he was just yeah. like yeah it was something i had fun doing and we worked on it for a couple years like nobody did like fucking 30 years man um the other two things you already mentioned so that's all for trivia what were the other two things um the fully stop-motion animated film was Phil Tippett's pet project. More than 30 years in the making, he started working on it in the late 1980s after making Robocop 2, but considered abandoning it when Jurassic Park was released and <laughs> CGI animation seemed to make stop-motion a thing of the past. However, after some urging, he started a Kickstarter campaign that allowed him to finish the movie. It probably didn't help that that year, 93, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas came out, and I don't believe it was successful. Really? I believe financially, initially, it didn't make much. Hmm. Uh, and then it started to become a cult classic and, you know, Hot Topic and all that. Yeah, all the mall gots. Um, and lastly, almost every shot in this film was done in a single take. Hmm. 
but that makes sense. I think. One star reviews. I'm One sure you had the pick of the litter with this one. Yeah, they were mostly all the same thing, and they're stuff that we've already said, but uh, I have a couple here. Let's see if I remember why I selected them. This one is from 2022, so last year. It's entitled WTF. No plot, no storyline, just a montage of weird mind fuckery slopped together and branded as a movie. Avoid if you value the time you have left in your life because you are not getting this hour and a half back ever. 13 out of 31 people found that helpful. Nice. This one's also from 2022. You do or you don't. I don't. I didn't see the point. Not that there was one. 30 years to make, two hours long to watch, more than an hour and a half, calm down. And for what? Some gore, blood, and guts. But there's not even a lot of that in this. Like, there's there's really not. There's... It just all feels like it's all gore because yeah. of how, like I said, oozing Gross, everything yeah. is. Is this all directors slash writers can come up with these days? And various bizarre animated creatures that look like they could have been knitted by my grandmother. Everything looked interesting. Half expected Morph to put it... Half expected Morph as a proper noun to put in an appearance. Who? Well, actually, maybe his cousins did. Who the fuck is Morph? Morph? Like the X-Men? Even Mr. Potato Head could have had a cameo. What a load of pretentious, tried-too-hard tosh. Tosh, huh? Tosh. And reading the high reviews, this, ladies and gentlemen, is sadly how a pile of bricks becomes art, in quotes. Shudder, I definitely do. Art? Heavens forbid. It's heaven forbid, but heavens forbid. Four out of five, 15 people found this helpful. So that's the one-star reviews. 11 people actually left one-star reviews, which isn't a whole lot. But So, what have you seen since the last time we did a podcast? Let me take a look at my... Um, um... My AMC's uh, Stubbs account. Thank you, AMC, for always bringing the best in entertainment. Because here you are. Thank you. Um, I saw Saw X. Yeah. It was... was Saw. Yeah, it was um, exactly what I figured it would be. Have you seen all of the movies, or at least most of them? No. I've probably seen, like, four. I didn't even know there were fucking ten of them. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen any of them. Yeah. Um, I saw Oppenheimer again. Yeah. Um, I saw Priscilla, which was great. Yeah. It was really, really good. Really enjoyed it. Um, I saw Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. You want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. Yeah. We got some time. Um, we both came out of the review with the same, or the movie with the same feelings of... Very, very similar. Yeah, it was about seven to eight the entire movie out of ten. Yeah, there was no moment where I was like, this is fucking great. Or yeah. there were no moments where I was like, this is terrible. It just yeah. kind of, and people say like, oh, because it was too long. I was like, honestly, I didn't feel the length. That's what she said. No time. But she did. No time. No. I just didn't feel anything. Yeah. Which I guess is like, I don't know. I didn't feel... Because some people say, like, well, 
it's better to feel like passionate like super passionate one way yeah. or the other but like i didn't um the acting everything is great yeah. in it um especially it, the part that you missed when you went to the restroom and leo said well fuck a duck oh yeah i forgot that we went and see i don't even remember that we saw that together yeah um yeah it was um i was very disappointed because i had such high expectations for it of course because it's a scorsese movie and also mm-hmm. there was a lot of uh hype about it yeah oh it's just fucking masterpiece especially the female lead and she was good she was great i here's the thing about the movie is like it advertises it as like I thought, like, at a certain point, I'm like, oh, this is going to turn into a taxi driver. Because based on the advertisement, I thought it was going to be this, like, revenge thing. Like, oh, these white boys are doing this to my people. I need to get my revenge. Mm-hmm. And Leonardo DiCaprio was, like, her accomplice. And then watching the movie, I'm like, oh, when is she going to take her revenge? Oh, she isn't. She's, oh, okay. She's sick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's sick for the most of the movie, or a big chunk of the movie. I know we've talked about this before, but what do you think is Scorsese's best movie? Taxi Driver. Okay. Uh, followed by Goodfellas. What the fuck was wow. that? I. Who touched it? That's what she said. Or he said. That's so weird. That sounded like a fucking... Uh, it's a ghost. No, like a clock. like a. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So Taxi Driver? Taxi Driver followed by Goodfellas. Um, yeah, I think both those movies are great for each their own reason uh, there's not a movie of his I, i'm trying to think of like what movie of his i just don't like and i can't think of a single one um yeah I, but i think this is my like irishman i wasn't as big a fan of i, as I either. enjoyed the irishman more than this yeah uh this the visual effects and the length of that movie i definitely have brought it down for me if it, if they used like you know body doubles yeah something <laughs> something you see this old man decrepit old man that's that's the part that like really bummed me out it was really funny but it's not supposed to be funny it was like oh my god like and and his his choice in the shot it's done in one take and it's a wide yeah. shot so it's like there's no hiding it if he had cut like closer in yeah and just gotten like a stunt double to do it it would have looked so much better but uh, whatever don't know what Scorsese was thinking there, you know, but it's it's cinema. You know all about all that thing. Yeah. You know about that thing. That thing right there. Um, Yeah. So. Casino is mine, just in case. You oh, know. yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I think I already knew that, but I should have asked. But uh, what is your second? I think we already, like, if you watch our Taxi did. Driver yeah, episode. Yeah, we, we talked about through. it. But I'm just saying that I think Casino is his, yeah. is his fucking masterpiece. Mean Streets is coming out in Criterion 4K on Tuesday. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even know. I'll get that eventually. Um, yeah, saw that. Saw Creed 2, so I can watch Creed 3. And at first I'm like, oh, this is really good. And then I was like, oh, it's going to be a little cheesy. And then I'm like, oh, it's pretty good. And I'm just back and forth on like the campiness of it. Mm-hmm. Like, his, with Tressa Thompson's character and her singing i'm just like what music is this This is weird i think it felt like with the music selections for the movie it felt like a white guy trying to pick rap and hip-hop for the movie to try to appeal to a quote-unquote urban audience (laughs) um so that part was weird i liked it i liked how it ended um spoilers for a movie that's been out for five years 
but it ends with the uh, can't think of it. Ivan Drago throwing in the towel to save his son because mm-hmm. that's the thing that's been over Rocky's head this entire time. If if he just threw in the towel, Apollo might have lived. Yeah. yeah. Which I need to rewatch those movies. I have them. I've had them for a while on 4K. Um, yeah, especially the the new edit of Rocky Four. I think you talked about it once. Yeah, uh, you had it on mm-hmm. your iTunes, and I watched it. It was good. Good, good. Um, I saw Haunting in Venice, and I actually really enjoyed it. We talked about that, right? You guys I talked saw, about yeah. it. Uh, you and your brother talked about it last time, and you guys we were both like, "You from it?" Well, I hadn't seen it yet. Uh, both of you guys were just like, "Eh, it's fine." And I, I thought it was better than fine. I just thought that um, Murder on the Orient Exp- Express was better. Yeah. Um, I like both of them. I haven't seen Death on the, on the Nile. Uh, but no, I really enjoyed A Haunting in Venice, the the mystery of it. I love that kind of detective story. Mm-hmm. The whodunits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like a whodunit. Uh, no, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed like Tina Fey was surprisingly... Not that she's not always good, but in a somewhat dramatic role. Mm-hmm. It was new. new. Uh, another movie I enjoyed that's getting a lot of crap is The Marvels. I enjoyed uh, it. It was a lot of fun. There's a scene that you kind of see in the trailer because their powers are entangled. I keep using quotes in this episode. The powers are entangled, so they keep quotes. switching spots, and there's this really interesting fight scene between like three different locations all at the same time where they keep uh, teleporting back and forth between these three different locations. And I thought it was really well choreographed and edited. Um, speaking of, there was something else, uh, but I'll wait for you to finish. You just reminded me of like um, something else that I saw. Well, go ahead. Um, the Killer, David Fincher's new movie. Did you see it? I did. Okay. That was near the end of my list. Yeah. Uh, well, we can just continue and we can uh, discuss it when you get to it. The only other thing I have before The Killer is Loki season two. Fucking amazing. Like, one of the best Marvel things. Really? Like, ever definitely it's tough between this and guardians because i love the guardians 3 so much but it, it might be like a tie between loki season two well i'll just put the whole loki series and guardians and have those all be tied for like the best thing of phase four or five mm-hmm. since endgame best thing since endgame and definitely up there for best thing one of the best things that marvel has ever done wow so, okay it's it's insanely creative and apparently it was even more creative and then they asked certain ideas probably because of a certain trial that's happening with jonathan majors he's in it quite a bit in this in season two i thought they were just going to try to cut him as much as possible yeah. from season two but he's in it quite a bit i think um i think they are getting ready to uh to cut him from everything yeah. now he's because it's gotten like a lot more serious he's doomed yeah he really is he's fucked yeah, because Dr. Doom is who they're probably going to replace him with. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so then The Killer. I watched it the other day. Apparently my ne- my Netflix allowed me to watch something in my own account, despite the address of the account being at my parents' house. So they were gracious enough to let me use my $22 uh, subscription. Wow, that's so kind of them. Um, yeah. What did you think of it? Um... Definitely not my favorite uh, Fincher movie. For sure. Obviously. Um, what is your favorite Fincher movie? I want you to guess. I, th- I think you know. 
Seven. Yeah. Yeah. At seven. Um, but I really enjoyed it, and I think the fight scene in that is one of the best fight scenes that I've seen on film in a very, very long time. I'm trying to think of which one. Where he goes into the house. Oh, right, with yeah. The, the bodybuilder dude. Yeah. It's like this long, extended, brutal fight, and it's yeah. shot, brutal, choreographed, edited so fucking well. Um, I, like, I wish that David Fincher would do more, like, action. Like, yeah. Because, I mean, it was fucking great. Um, yeah, overall, I enjoyed it. Uh, Michael Fassbender is fucking yeah. so good. Um, it was just kind of, um, it ended on like a weird note. Let's just put it that way. A little bit, yeah. Just kind of like, oh, okay. Um, especially when he gets to like the last chapter and whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil anything, but yeah, um, I, I did really enjoy it. I wish. I don't understand why they didn't do like any screenings before it came out. Yeah. I was, I was kind of waiting, expecting it to come out around, around the same time. Um, I don't know how much Oscar stuff is going to happen with this movie. Mm. I don't know if it's that quality, but I really enjoyed it. It's actually in my top 10 so far of, of this year. Uh, like just a number 10 though. So it's going to get bumped out as soon as I see, you know, some of these other great movies that are coming out for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, no, I really enjoyed it. Very style and substance. Uh, my favorite scene is, you know, he, he if he has a scene in every one of his movies where Tilda Swinton is drinking alcohol and talking about drinking alcohol, yeah. uh, it, I'm fucking sold. Yeah. <laughs> because between this and Benjamin Button, like those scenes are, that might be my favorite scene in the movie is with Tilda Swinton. Really? Yeah. And it's not really a spoiler because it was on IMDb as like the third maybe even like the second actor on the list. And I was like, Oh, she's in this movie. And so I kept waiting for her to show up. And then she finally did. I was like, Oh, I probably shouldn't have checked that IMDb. Yeah. <laughs> Cause yeah. it would have been really cool to, uh, to have seen that even though I just kind of spoiled it for everybody else. Uh, but no, that's definitely one of my favorite scenes. Uh, I do. There was another little, I don't want to necessarily call it an inside joke, but there's a little clever thing that they were doing during the movie that I don't know if you caught, but in the movie, this isn't really a spoiler, but every time you see his name, which you see his name often, it's a different name. Oh, yeah. A different and, alias. And they're different, like, from uh, TV Sitcoms shows. and or, stuff, yeah. yeah. So there's, like, Lou Grant. Sam uh, Malone from Cheers. Yeah, George Jefferson. Yeah. Not George, but uh, Jefferson. I think it's George Jefferson. George? Oh, yeah. yeah. So I was saying, I was like, wait, Lou Grant, the name sounds familiar. And then it said uh, Sam Malone. I was like, Cheers. What? Yeah. And then I was like, wait, Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah. Um, very clever. Yeah, that was funny. And that was written by the same guy who wrote uh, Seven. Seven. Yeah, yeah. Andrew something. Kevin Walker. Yeah. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, my favorite Fincher movie. What would be my favorite Fincher movie? I once said that Fight Club's the best edited movie, but I'm sure I would change that now. But that was like 15 years ago when I saw it. That time, I thought that. Um. That's another director. I don't think I dislike a movie except for Alien 3, but that doesn't count. Yeah. Honestly, I I know I'm probably going to get fucking shot for this, but like I liked it more than The Social Network. Like People think that Social Alien Network... 3? No, no. The Killer. Oh, okay. Yeah. People think that The Social Network is like his greatest film. I was listening to that podcast, um, Blank Check or whatever. Yeah. Uh, which 
I don't want to fucking hear anything about how long our episodes are. Those are fucking three and a half hours. <laughs> the funny thing is nobody complains about anything about our episodes because nobody says anything about our episodes to us. But I'm sure if they did, if they did say something, they would say something negative. But um, I was listening to, ironically, they're doing a feature on uh, Fincher. David Fincher. So they're going through all his movies and they're fucking annoying. <laughs> like... But when they talk about the movies and the information, yeah. it's great. But they do so much fucking sideways banter between yeah. each other, and it's like really not funny. Like I, I don't find myself laughing at all. Especially the guy who I can only imagine that he has glasses. Is there a guy who has glasses? Yeah, of course. Um, his voice is very fucking annoying, and I'm just like, I know this guy. Like I, I, I have a picture. Actually, I'm gonna look at. I follow both of them on uh, Letterboxd. Let me see. Hold he on. never rates any movies. What's Griffin? What's his name? Griffin Newman. I, I was... have a picture in my head of what this person looks like, and I want to see how accurate. Oh, you're 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 hundred percent. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> what I fucking pictured him to look like. David Sims, though I didn't. I saw a picture of him. I was like, oh, that's not what I expected. Um. Anyways, like I said, uh, to get me to listen to it for three hours, like something has to you know pull me in. But the like I said, the information that they have is really good. Yeah. Um. But it's funny too because I listen to that. And I'm like, I am definitely the Griffin Newman of this podcast because I could be annoying. You're definitely the David Sims of because of, like he'll be like, okay, okay, we need to stop. Okay, guys, guys like we need to get back going, on track. Yeah. Like he's getting annoyed. You just like you just go in there and you just fucking want to like his voice and like his <laughs> his mannerisms when he's talking and just like okay, dude. Um. Anyways, I I don't want to like um take a shit on a fellow fellow podcasters, but yeah. they're they're very um they're very, they're very popular anyway. So yeah. it's like they don't fucking they're doing shit something right for yeah. sure. I like that podcast quite a bit. I started listening to that series because like oh crap, David Fincher. Um, but then I stopped cause I started, I've got Apple music again. So I'm also listening to like albums and going, do I like this album? Should I buy it? Uh, yeah, I'm being a lot, I mean, I already have 85, but I'm being a lot smarter when it comes to albums. Okay. Hmm, I'll say like, buy the ones you need, man. Well, or if they're like 25 cents at a store. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, yeah, that's a different story. Yeah. So most of the ones that I buy all willy nilly are $5 or less. Um, but the ones that I really like, like, um, all things must pass George Harrison or, uh, the deluxe edition of let it be. Okay. Yeah. Um, but back to Fincher. What is my favorite Fincher movie? I don't know, but I was listening to the alien three episode and I need to get, go through all of them, but seven's definitely up there. Uh, I do really enjoy social network, uh, probably more than this movie. Cause I think it's a little more fun than this movie. I haven't seen Zodiac in forever. I should rewatch that. Benjamin Button's great. Um, oh, Gone Girl. Gone Girl's so fucking, fucking fantastic, good. yeah. I won't say anything about it. Just go see that fucking movie. You know what? It's not like we don't have time. I'm going to look up Fincher and go through all of them real quick. I'm pretty sure I've said all of them, though. Well, let's go in order. There's Alien 3. Which I've seen, and that took me... The last time I saw it, Like I, it was on TV once, and I recorded it. So that was like, ooh, R-rated movie, but it was like the TV version, so who cares? Yeah. Uh, but the more recent time I tried to watch it, it took me a minute to get through it. Uh, there's the Rolling Stones music video? No. Uh, seven. Seven, which, fucking great. The game? I haven't seen it. 
that movie is fucking great too i keep waiting for you to bring it in i have it on criterion i have it on itunes as well so um fight club fight club great movie panic what panic room i haven't seen panic room panic room's good it's very solid um then not another movie until zodiac yeah uh which is great another whodunit Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like a but, but it's like a police procedural like, yeah it's it's like uh all the president's men sure. kind of thing mostly because of the newsroom and all that <laughs> uh benjamin button which is great uh and i think i even said in that episode that i would amazing take back thinking that uh, slumdog millionaire should have won over that but i don't remember if i said that officially or not uh social network mm-hmm. which is great the girl with the dragon tattoo, also great. I'm rewatching that right now. That movie's so fucking good. I yeah. love that movie. Gone Girl, just mentioned Mink. That was really good. I really, really enjoyed Mink. Okay. You didn't like it? It was okay. Yeah. Uh, I also really enjoyed the. Uh, Turn myself. I also really enjoy Citizen Kane. So it was really cool to see uh, somewhat behind the scenes. And then The Killer. So he hasn't directed a whole lot, but when he does, he's also responsible for. The greatest, one of the greatest music videos of all time. Black or black and white? No, that was Wait. John Landis. Oh, that's right. He did uh, "Freedom '90" by George Michael. Oh, right. It's like he also did uh, "Who Is It?" Michael Jackson. I mean, he's done like a million Madonna and any big artist that you can think of in the '80s and '90s. Um, let's go through that too. No, let's not. <laughs> but yeah, Madonna, like you said, Nine Inch Nails, of course, Atticus Ross, and uh, Trent, Trent Reznor. Uh, done all his movies there wasn't a whole lot of score in this movie but there were a few times where it was like god only those two guys would come up with something so fucking random and unique and it works so well it works so well yeah they did the ninja ninja turtles movie this year yeah i remember you telling me that good for them crazy and good yeah um cool homework Uh, homework what do we got is it gonna be a scary movie is it gonna be a christmas movie is it gonna be a who cares movie it's yeah it's gonna be a who cares movie because <laughs> we're already way past halloween yeah and i figure the next like I, I don't even know uh, hopefully we don't go a month yeah between episodes um but uh so this is a who cares one this is something that i wanted to watch again and i don't think you've seen this and i love this movie um the director hasn't done very much. It's David uh, Fincher. It's not David Fincher. <laughs> Honestly, I almost brought in Seven because I was yeah. like, let's fuck it. Let's just watch Seven. Um, but no, it's going to be uh, Killing Him Softly, directed by okay. Andrew Dominic, starring Brad Pitt. Sounds good. I feel like I own that, but I probably don't. If you uh, don't, I, I have it. So. Right. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Uh, very you cool. haven't seen it? No. Okay, great. Not. Uh, so yeah, that's, um, that's it. This is officially going to be our shortest episode ever. What is the, the record time right now? Hour and 19 minutes. Oh, shit. That's great. It's going to be a breeze, and then people uh, are going to have listeners from fucking swarming from all over the world. Oh, my God. They did an episode shorter than two hours. <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. So, anyways, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. It, uh, you know... We didn't talk much about the movie, but there's really not much to talk about. Uh, I honestly considered asking, do you want to drop this movie and do something else? In retrospect, I kind of wish because of how long it takes... It's long. How long it takes us to do 
an episode an episode yeah. to record yeah we had a good discussion about other stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. We talked about a lot of shit in an hour we and 19 did. minutes. So um, thanks for sticking around if you listened in. I know. It was, and, a, uh, it was a task. Yeah. So um, we'll see you on the next one for Killing Them Softly. Uh, if you haven't seen it, please see it. It's a great, great, underrated uh, crime movie. Let me look James up. Gandolfini's in it. Uh, Brad Pitt. Um... What's his name? Uh, he was in Place Beyond the Pines. Um, he plays the Robin. The Is it Ben Mendelsohn? Ben Mendelsohn, who's fucking great in this movie. Everybody's great. Ray Liotta's in this. It's available on Prime Video. Or if you want, you can get it on Tubi, Pluto TV, or Plex with ads. With ads. We don't want ads. Um, yeah, so... We'll pay, t- for, pay your Amazon overlord. <laughs> We'll to see Prime Video. We'll talk to you soon. Hope you have a great day. Thanksgiving, probably, because this is going to go out hopefully uh, before Thanksgiving. Yeah, hopefully. Um, so, yeah, hope you have a great Thanksgiving with the people you love. And if you're not with people who love you, we we do, in fact, love you. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon. We love you, but we're not in love with you. Well, speak for yourself. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm in love with you. So, um, now is as good a time as any. So, uh, we'll talk at you, babe. Hi. <laughs> Bye. I just received new orders. Our superiors say the war is canceled. We can all go home. Bison is getting paid off for his crimes. And our friends who have died here will have died for nothing. But we can all go home. Meanwhile, ideals like peace, freedom, and justice They get packed up, but we can all go home. Well, I'm not going home. I'm gonna get on my boat, and I'm going upriver, and I'm going to kick that son of a bitch bison's ass so hard that the next bison wannabe is gonna feel it. Now, who wants to go home And who wants to go with me? It's long. It takes... It's long. Cross the street to, uh, sling a schlong. SOS, loke DJL. That's what he says. Damn it.